I'm just I was so sad I missed last week listening you. to you guys yeah. talk about Flash. I'm like, fuck that ending. Oh, fuck, I know. It was so good. Seriously. It's the Savage Land. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not. It's not the Savage Land. <laughs> but now, it's the Savage Land. Welcome back to the Savage Land. That was one, two, three, four by Feist <laughs> because it's really topical this week. Uh, we uh, we have a fun show in store for you. We'll be uh, talking about Fantastic Four one, two, three, four by Grant Morrison and Jay Lee. And after that, we'll be pitching our uh, DC books for uh, the next comic book week. But before we can get to that, I think that it's time for the catch up. Yes. Oh, shit. That, that was really quiet. <laughs> that didn't work very well. Hold on. Wait. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it, guys. I can do it. I can do it. <sighs> Just wait for Jason. It's time for the ketchup. <laughs> hey, I heard that. <laughs> hey, you heard that. <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll get better at producing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who wants to start catching us up? You got to do it in post, man. Nah. Real time, <laughs> real time. It's more authentic. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll start with the ketchup. All right, do it. Uh, wait, we didn't do introductions. My name's Matthew. Oh, uh, hey, it's Matt. <laughs> we have Hi, Matt. The, we have all the savages in the house today. I come from France. We'll introduce our we'll introduce ourselves when we catch up. I suppose. Yay, coneheads. Um, all right, ketchup. Let's see. Uh, been playing The Witcher. Nice. And uh, that is just one gorgeous game. Yeah. It gets a little frustrating walking around. Like any sort of like open world game when you just have to walk super long distances. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I, so I've never, I've never seen The Witcher. What's, what, what is it? It's like you're a fantasy detective. Ooh. Basically. Really? And like, yeah, and then you have to hunt monsters. I like hunting monsters and detective work. <laughs> yeah, totally. Who doesn't like hunting monsters slash doing detective things? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like fantasy Batman. Oh, dude, you just—you <laughs> you just got me excited. <laughs> awesome. uh, no, I'd recommend it. It's a, it, I mean, just to just to watch the game, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It looks amazing. Ooh. Um, and we're gonna keep going on the line with watching Mystery Science Theater three thousand episodes for days and days and days and days and days. Okay, which ones did you see this week, dude? I don't know. Uh, Highlight would have been Terror from the Year Five Thousand. Terror from the Year Five Thousand. Uh-huh. Give me, give me a quick idea of what that one was like. <laughs> yeah, that's it's super hard to describe what because the movie makes no sense. It's a, it's a, they have like a time machine that they can like send an object to the future and then the future sends an object back. Oh, that's always odd. <laughs> I like but, how they keep saying, we apologize for the delay in the terror. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the, nothing happens for the first, like, probably about hour and 15 minutes of the movie. Oh, my. It's pretty hard to watch. 
Holy crap. It's pretty hard. And they recycle footage all the time. Ugh. There's like a car chase scene where they just like keep showing the same four shots of the car chase. <laughs> and uh, That's awesome. And the actors are unbe- wooden to the point where the inserted Tom Servo jokes are like, um, does not compute or, you know, data data retrieval incapable of responding or (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome or they can count the beats in the silence between between lines oh that's good that's pretty funny it's always nice to have just long held silences um anyway uh i did watch a movie last night called hidden uh what's it about it's a post-apocalyptic film uh, quote unquote post apocalyptic film, but it, <laughs> okay. it starts out with his family that's living in a like a emergency bunker. Okay, and they have been there for over a year, and they have a daughter, and they kind of tell her stories about keeping quiet and don't let the breathers get you. And mm-hmm. who are the breathers? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, I, well, because I don't want to spoil it for the <laughs> for anyone who would want to watch it. I mean, it was a really okay. cool movie, and it was a very interesting take on that kind of thing fun is there anyone uh, of note in it or directing it no no nah, no not that i recognized it's random people was it on netflix or what like where no. did you watch it from oh um the internet the internet okay yeah i'm just gotcha yeah there. the internet okay <laughs> um but uh i also watched the thaw with val kilmer and uh who's the kid who played Iceman? oh um sean ashmore yeah his twin brother Oh, oh, he was in... What What other show was that guy in? He was, like, know. in a show. Smallville. He was Jimmy Olsen in Smallville. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was so weird. Like, he has a twin? Yeah. yeah. And they're identical. He's, like... <laughs> it looks... <laughs> and he's Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Uh, but that was a cool movie. That was about, like, this mammoth thaws in the Arctic, and it unleashes some ancient insect plague. Ooh. Yeah, that's fun. Insect plagues are the favorite part of my week. And it had va- fat Val Kilmer in it. <laughs> <laughs> I love fat Val Kilmer a lot better than skinny Val Kilmer. Well, he got large. He did. He really did. Yeah. He's still a good actor. Yeah, no, I liked him in uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Fat, go- oh, fat, yeah. fat Val was good in that. that oh, yeah. <laughs> did you ever see the one with him, The Salton Sea? The Salton Sea, huh? That was a good movie. That was kind of cool. What is The Salton Sea? It's that... Um, Dried up seabed in Southern California. There used to be a lake. They had a dam, and they made. Then it was built a man-made sort of reservoir there, Ooh. and built a whole big community on the banks of the lake. And it was like a popular boating destination. This is like in the forties, okay, fifties. And then uh, the Colorado River got diverted, huh? Uh, and sort of disseminated out to a whole bunch of other people, which completely dried up the Salton Sea. Mm-hmm. And the town was a bit. This is not fiction. This is real. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 And the whole town got abandoned, so now it's like a like a freestanding, a totally abandoned town out in the middle of this like salt flat, basically. In California. In California. Huh. And it's, it's supposed to be pretty cool. Yeah, I watched a documentary cool. about it. It was because there's like four or five people that still live there that are holdouts. <laughs> <laughs> That's like those people in that weird area of West Virginia where like they got like cut off from civilization for like 20 years and started inbreeding. Did you guys never hear about that? No. Oh, yeah. I watched a documentary about that one time, and it was really weird. There's, like, all these deformed, weird people that, like, lived in this part of West Virginia that got closed off because of, like, a mine explosion or whatever. Yeah, for, like, 20 years, they were just, like, in this (laughs) spot of West Virginia on their own, and now they're just, like, the weirdest, like, not only cancer-ridden because of all the the stuff from the, the mine explosion, but... Also, just like extra toes and weird. That sounds deformed. like the Hulks from Old Man Logan. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there's also that town in Pennsylvania that... Uh, Scranton. No, they had a... There was a, a, a whole mining community under the town. Oh, wow. Like, and, the, uh, like Mole Man? No, no, like no, no. Like Moloids no. were under <laughs> in Pennsylvania? <laughs> you're, 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 you gotta get off your jump to conclusions, Matt. There, Damn right? it. I like my jump to conclusions, Matt. Um, <laughs> Matt. Office space? Damn it. I should have caught that, but I didn't. <laughs> um, no, they had a, there was an underground mining. They were mining natural gas, and it caught on fire. And oh. the fire's still burning. And this is like 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> and the whole under, underneath the entire town's on fire, basically. And the fire licks up through and has burned a bunch of houses down and stuff. Holy shit. And the government you know, said, no, nobody can live here. Uh, but there are still holdouts that are like, nope, this is our town. We're going to live here with fire everywhere. <laughs> yeah. We're going to literally live Silent in hell. Hill? I don't know. I thought I read something. That live like, in hell on Earth. It could have been. I mean, it's a creepy looking town. Fucking fire underneath there's fire going. <laughs> yeah. That is insane. <laughs> the hell? Yeah. I want to move there. <laughs> Seriously, that's actually kind of awesome. Uh, anyway. Um, uh, for anyone looking for fun podcasts, The Adventure Zone, I've been listening to quite a lot of. Yeah. It's, uh, the guys who do My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which is just sort of a funny advice podcast, they do a D&D podcast. Oh, nice. And it's like the Nerd Poker is kind of like the default popular one because it's got you know high profile actors yeah. on it. Brian Posehn and, and other people. Um, but these guys are hilarious and they sort of play D&D better than those guys mm-hmm. and it's super fun to listen to I would say better than Nerd Poker if, really? you're, if you're really interested in like a really fun game I love I love D&D podcasts like Harmontown's fun it Nerd works Poker. really well yeah. for that format yeah for sure um, anyway the Adventure Zone nice uh, but the big news is uh, Star Wars guys Star Wars trailer Star Wars trailer slash we got oh. slash we got tickets. Yeah, we got IMAX 3D tickets opening Woo-hoo! night, sons. Oh yeah. Cause somebody thought ahead. Mitch thought ahead and was yeah. prepared. <laughs> prepared for all of us and he was our savior. But I'll seriously, take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> seriously, what'd you guys think of the trailer though? It's the, pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I like uh. the t- I like the tone. I like I there, there are like things that are like, like it, it brought tons of questions in my head, but it also gave me more assurance that like this movie is going to be freaking awesome. Yeah, I didn't get any, I didn't get any like, like sketchy prequel vibes from it. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Like Kylo Ren looks amazing. I don't know who the anyone's names are. Oh really? I've, I've, dude, I'm, I've been on, I've been on blackout. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my That's god. That's Kylo Ren. Wow. He's on my shirt. Uh. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I've only watched trailers. I haven't read anything. Really? I don't want to. Yeah. I know what you mean. I've, I've, I've dug a little deeper than I wished I would because I've, I've been like watching that trailer a lot. Well, so I watched the trailer like a gagillion times. I just don't know what anybody's names are. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. I, I really like it. It seems like there's a lot of, of new hope parallels in the movie. Like it, it feels like. I don't know, like it, like it kind of feels like Ray, the the girl, is sort of starting in a similar position to Luke in A New Hope, mm-hmm. and then you know, obviously somehow her and and Finn, the stormtrooper, get befriended and are like, oh, we're both loners and we need we need the, the force or whatever the hell. 
But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like I don't know. The villains all look scary. Like, yeah, dude's voice is badass. Yeah. Who does the voice? Adam Driver. Awesome. He like I love Adam Driver's voice. He's always had a really awesome voice, but I've always hated his face. And <laughs> well, so this is perfect. Yeah, they found a really good solution <laughs> for that because he gets to keep his voice and cover his face up. Um, <laughs> But I'm really curious about Domo Gleason and, and uh, uh, Andy Serkis' characters because they're yes. both on the the First Order or whatever the hell. Like, I, I what's up with the I, villains? I just want to know is, more. Did, did yeah. Andy Serkis do mocap for this? No. Oh, he was in, in, in person. I believe so, anyway. Nice, that's cool. I believe he's in person, but we haven't seen anything. So, I mean, I guess neither has been confirmed, but I from what I've read, it seems like he didn't do mocap. I th- you know what? I think that's one thing that really sort of excited me about it was they did not show any aliens. Yeah. And I'm actually really stoked about that. Like, I, I want to like yeah. see all the crazy aliens fresh. I know. And I apparently, so apparently that planet that Ray's on is not Tatooine. I oh, thought it was. Jakku. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's odd. <laughs> looks so Tatooine-y. <laughs> What's up, R2? Oh, hey, oh. R2. What's oh. up, man? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen Surprise you in a little while, guest. buddy. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That's the other thing, though, is uh, is freaking the the scene with Han where he's talking to to Ray and oh Finn my God. about everything being real. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? That gave me like cold chills. And I'm I, just, I oh, God, I know. And I feel like that that chase where like the Tie Fighters are chasing the yeah. Millennium Falcon through the Jakku like wreckage. I think they're all on the same ship for that. Like you know, it's like Han and Chewie rescuing Finn and Ray or something yeah. like that, and or maybe they stowed away or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, <clears throat> the the air fights in this, like all the scenes that it shows of like Tie Fighters and X Wings and the Millenn- like, they yeah. all look amazing. Yeah, like the craziest space dogfighting I've ever freaking seen. But it looks like classic Star Wars. Totally, which just excites me yeah. so much. It's like classic Star Wars with like. With all the special effects that were promised from the prequels, but it's seemingly a better story. And obviously with all these like crazy star fighting and like awesome villain stuff, it seems to be that it'll be a lot less boring than the prequels. So I don't know, you know. I, I have high hopes. She's got high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> I did find it curious ah. that 3PO's not three PO wasn't in the preview. Yeah. Nor Luke. Nor R2. Yeah, well, Luke and R2 have that one scene where they he do. puts his hand on R2. <laughs> his robot hand? His robot yeah. hand. Luke's robo hand. Uh, but no, 3PO, that's so weird. Yeah. Especially because like, you can't even hear Luke be like, 3PO! <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else in your ketchup bottle? No, that's my ketchup bottle. That's your ketchup bottle? All right. The glass has been broken. Mitch, let's get your squeeze pouches out. Okay. <laughs> Dresden Files is amazing. I'm almost done with the third book. Okay. How's, how is it? What's it, really it like? It takes off in the third. There's this ballroom scene in the third book that is incredibly intense and awesome. Yeah. You need to read them, Jason, so don't spoil anything because they are amazing. At some point I'll read the Dresden Files, but I've been, I've been reading so much stuff, as you'll find out in my ketchup bottle. Well, but, this is a uh, this is you can you can go down the audiobook format for this, mm, and the audio books are good. The audio books are really good. Once I get my next free Audible credit, I'll, I'll I'll download it. I mean, I guess I could go find them on the internet, but legally, totally legally, um, I could legally course. give them to you because I own them. Oh, Matt legally owns them, which is what I really need actually to legally. Do, but <laughs> I just keep <laughs> using my Audible credits for them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 
Sometimes yeah. I don't know why I have Audible, but I still have it. Yeah, because I mean, it, it's yeah. it it's like you do you pay and you get one free book a month. Yeah. Yep. Unless a book costs more than one credit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think most books usually cost one credit, though, don't they? Maybe. Yeah, I, no I don't idea. think they have any more two-credit books. Like, they used to have books that were two credits, but I haven't seen any one of those for a while. I, I haven't just, encountered one for a while, yeah. That just never seemed worth it to me. Yeah, yeah. I got rid of mine. It never, it never did seem worth it to me, and then I just forgot to cancel it, and then, like, every time I go on Audible, I'm like, oh, hey, I have a credit. Oh, and then I download something. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of I've canceled it before, and then I've gotten back with it when I've wanted to listen to something. And Audible's like an abusive, like girlfriend or boyfriend. Yeah. It's just like you just keep going back, you know, no matter how much Pretty it hurts. Much. <laughs> I broke up with my Audible. <laughs> you left it in the dust. I got my Lord of the Rings, and I left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitch. What else but you got in your so catch good. up? Um, I've been reading the Strange Tales original Doctor Strange run. Huh. How's that I've skipped been? the Human Torch parts because it's split really? into half where the first half of the book's Human Torch. Is it still Android half. Human Torch or is it Johnny Storm? I, that's a good question. I think it's Do you know? Johnny Storm. I think it's Johnny Storm. Yeah, because they have some of the Fantastic Four come oh, okay, slightly yeah. in. Yeah, because they didn't bring <clears throat> Android Torch back until just recently when they released the new... Yeah. That new series that's like Captain America, Namor. Android, oh yeah, the Android the invaders, yeah. the invaders, yeah, yeah. That was what all I know is it looks so bad that I try to forget anything I've read of those. But the Doctor <laughs> Strange are really good. Yeah, what's uh, what what type of stories have we encountered so far? So we've met um, Dormammu, and oh, I'm trying to remember who the other guy's name was. Fing Fang Foom. No, I haven't met Fing Fang Foom. No, nah, Fing Fang Foom was an Iron Man villain. <clears throat> oh yeah, he was, huh? Yeah, I mean he got he got around too, but he was a mm. Fantastic Four Iron Man guy. He got around. Yeah, it's been <laughs> Dormammu and Baron oh, Mordo. Yeah, Mordo's been in there. There's one more that they have talked about for the movie. Rumors, but not a whole lot. There's the uh, the nightmare. Yeah, nightmare. Nightmare. Nightmare's in there. Nice. So that's pretty exciting. It goes to like this nightmare world to save some people. Huh. It's kind of cheesy, but awesome at the same time. It's a good cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fits completely. I do like that. Who was it was it Stan Lee writing still or, I or so. who was writing that one? Yeah, it was Stan yeah, Lee. Was Stan Lee. Lee and His writing's always interesting to read. It's like fun, but well, that, sometimes you're the like, thing, oh, some of them are so goofy. Yeah. The, the thing, like the Rocket Raccoons. A lot of the old ones, are, since they're split up into multiple stories, they're written by different people. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Because uh, like, I know Storenko wrote a bunch of the old ones. Ooh. Um, I love Storenko's writing. Storenko's really fun to read. Uh, he always does like that weird, like not quite psychedelic, but he always like has just like this really weird narrative style to his books. Well, so it looks like a lot of them are um, penciled by Storenko as well. He's a good artist. And the art's really cool. I mean, it's that classic, kind of like what I've done my tattoos after for the most part. Yeah. Classic style of comic book. The Marvel House style. The only thing, the only trouble I have going back to the, this the, sort of the Golden Age stuff is it's all exposition. Very, it's very exposition <laughs> It's just like, let's have a narrator do exposition over the pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And uh, it, uh, I, I definitely sort of like kind of zone out. 
Yeah, that's why. Like, I'm kind of glad that we got Chris Claremont's X X Men because it's sort of like he got so expositionary that it finally made people like, okay, I'm sick of this, and then stop writing that way. Oh, exactly. Because he was like the last holdout, and he was on X Men for so effing long. But yeah, I I'm I'm really glad that we've moved on past those kind of comics. Yeah, it's kind of nice to go back and read them. But it is. It's fun. It's fun to read for sure. But then you're like, um. Like like uh, yeah, just like everyone explaining their intentions and and being a little yeah. Another good thing for people who aren't familiar with Doctor Strange, Strange Tales number one fifteen is the origin of Doctor Strange. Well, hey. So you can go back read that. It's on the Marvel Unlimited app. Marvel Unlimited app. So <clears throat> check it out nice. if you're not familiar with him. Dope. It's pretty good. And then let's yeah, see what else do I got on my list? I did the same thing with Doctor Strange because. You know, there's not a ton of um, there's not a ton of Doctor Strange books out there. No, yeah, there's, there's really not. not. And uh, that's Kate actually Bonds what got me good. to go back to the beginning to kind of read the origins. Is I was trying to find something new, and yeah, there's not a whole lot out there. No, no. I mean definitely read Brian K. Vaughn's Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, and then Doctor yes. Strange season one was pretty good too. The Oath. The Oath. Though yeah. he is getting a new so series. Good. He is, by yeah. Jason Aaron. I almost bought the first book a couple weeks ago. Jason Aaron's a good writer. I'm sure that he'll wait. do a good job on it. I yeah, I guess that's true. You can find him. Like He was he was a pretty big prominent player in the New Avengers. Yeah. The Illuminati especially. Yeah, Illuminati, New Avengers yeah. and then the Illuminati before that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like, I mean, then you have to read Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't do the New Avengers. The, old, the one that I'm thinking of. Oh. It was... Uh, Bendis? I think it was Bendit. Was it Bendis? Because wasn't Bendis doing New Avengers and Avengers before? That um, is a good question. I feel like Bendis, whenever so. he writes something, he writes multiple of that universe. Because like he did that with X Men, now he's doing that with Iron Man. Yes, it was Bendis. It was Bendis. Yeah. Damn, that memory of mine just never fails, <laughs> except when it fails. Yep, it was all Bendis's run. That's right. Nice. Yeah. No, Speaking of Bendis, I also finished Old Man Logan, the, the new mini one? series that they've got. Okay. How it was, was only it? five episodes. It was amazing. Five issues. <clears throat> yep. Nice episodes. Issues. I get him confused. So, so did it end up being a like? Oh, and there he's doing a new ongoing. Aren't, yeah, aren't it's they? going yeah. to be an ongoing now. This was kind of a set off for the ongoing and to <clears throat> kind of help tie it into the Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, really, besides going through the different areas of Secret Wars, you can read it and, I mean, everybody knows, spoilers, that it's God Doom. And they mention him in the last, but that's the only place where it connects. <laughs> oh, come on, <laughs> Matt. You knew that. You we knew didn't that. know that. I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Really? No. Okay, well, that I mean, that's, I haven't read any of the main. <laughs> you find story that out. For you find that out on like the Wars. first two pages. Yeah. Of Secret Wars. I hate you guys. <laughs> it's been so open and out there. I haven't read any of the main, and I knew. Well, about so that's that. the thing is like I'll, I'd go on media blackout of things that I want to, like Marvel Unlimited, is where I read. So I'm on sort of You're media six blackout. Back. Yeah. And that's a little. It's not impossible. You just have to like kind of selectively not read things on your Facebook feed. Yeah. yeah. When, you have, when you have friends like me and Mitch and Rachel. It no, gets... you guys haven't spoiled anything. Yeah, We're not bad. We're, <laughs> we're not that one guy. Uh, yeah, that one, that one spoiling guy. Our friend Spoil. <laughs> we'll just call him Spoil. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, man. I mean, him or her. Um, I've got a lot because I've got, what, three weeks of ketchup for? Yeah, you got a lot of ketchup. Go so, ahead. Caught up on, on Blacklist. That is amazing. If Yay. you haven't checked out that show, check it out. Has Ultron won yet? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> he always wins. He, he wins, wins every episode except oh. for one where he's left pretty lost. bad. But, <laughs> but then yeah. he comes back and wins. Hell oh, yeah. Because he's amazing. Um, community, I am halfway through the second season. Oh, hey, I'm actually on my... Because I, I started rewatching Community, and I'm, that's right about where I'm at, too. It's so good. I just finished... We watched Zombies the other day, and then I think <laughs> the last one I watched was the Dungeons & Dragons episode. Oh, my lord. <laughs> that one's so funny. That, it made me want to play Dungeons & Dragons. That episode is ridiculous. I've never played D&D, but... It made me kind of want to. <laughs> Dude, I erupted with laughter when Chang just shows up dressed as a dark elf. Oh, I know. Like, what the hell? <laughs> that guy's so good. Yeah. That and then Abed. I think Abed may be one of the characters on TV that I can understand the most. I know. He thinks through in movies and <laughs> thinks of the world as a movie. And I'm like, yes. It's there amazing. are times where I'm walking through with headphones on thinking I'm awesome because of a song <laughs> I'm listening to. He's like the Deadpool like of community. <laughs> so yeah. that show's great. I don't like Shirley. Shirley's annoying. Really? Yeah. I think she adds some fun spice I to like it. Shirley. She's got really? some good parts, but for the most part, she just annoys me. I thought she was the weakest really? yeah. member of the cast, yeah. I, I felt like she there was no drama with her for a while. I mean, they, 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 they wrote some in. But, and she's so nice. That but for a while, she was just like, that's nice. That's yeah, nice. pretty <laughs> and much. That and was, that was her character, yeah. and I thought that was like... Pretty one dimensional. Then once That's you true. sort of like once they I don't once wanna, the Chang affair, that That's about where I'm at. Is the Chang affair plus so. the uh, when they like when they go to the when they go out to Troy's 21st birthday. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. that's a good episode too. That so, was awesome. Th- that that gave me a little more interest in her character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gets a little bit better, but I mean, really, I've thought with where I'm at now, she could not even be there, and I wouldn't have missed her. Yeah. yeah. I just this morning finished the. Uh, I watched the Dinner with Andre slash Pulp Fiction episode. Okay, that's so good. Oh my crap, dude! I I laugh uh, every time I see that because I've seen that episode probably like ten times at this point, and it still just makes me crack up when like the waiter comes by and he's like, "But with my, in my Dinner with Andre, he asks, he's like, after Jeff has just revealed that he calls into sex lines and talks as a 400 pound man so he could hear somebody say that they'd still love him. It's like, what the hell? That was so ridiculous. Chevy Chase. I had to like rewind it for a second. Like, wait, is he talking about himself? (laughs) Chevy Chase comes in dressed as the gimp from Pulp Fiction. So good. And then he's like, Abed is just sitting there and it's like he's looking at the crotch part because it's right there. I know. And he's like, oh my God, what's going on here? It was awesome. I almost started crying at that point. Yeah, such a good episode. And then. So, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., caught up on that. Yeah. Finished catching up this morning on that. It's getting really good. Yeah, yeah. Ton of inhuman stuff. See, that, that is the one reason why I'm considering catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the Inhuman stuff. Like, it's the only reason I even watch it at this point now is Inhumans and Ward. Yes, and, Ward is the best. Oh, I love Ward. <laughs> the Hydra aspects that are kind of in there. Like, Coulson used to be great in the movies, and he's... Yeah? I don't know. I'm The more I see him, I'm, the more I'm disappointed they ever brought him back from the dead. Because he was so good in the movies, and... In the show. Uh, yeah, I think his character is way better as just like an accent, you know? Yeah, I yeah, mean, he's, he's just kind of there. He was emotionless in the movies. and Yeah, and now he's all emotional. Yeah, he's super emotional. I'm like, dude, 
calm the fuck down. Yeah, because he was always just like cool and unfazed. He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm just I'm Coulson. So, but Ward Ward is great. Yeah, I'm glad that they brought him over. Oh, Ward, he's so good. <laughs> um, and then oh, Hunter. I like Hunter from the new characters. Which one's Hunter? He's the guy that hangs out with Mockingbird. Oh. He gets on my nerves sometimes, though. Yeah, he can get a little bit annoying, but it's like, dude, he can be just funny do what you're told. <laughs> <laughs> and shut up. I honestly, I get so bugged by Mockingbird's uh, uh, forehead mole. Yeah, it's so distracting. That now that I've watched so much Friday Night Lights, I just think of her from that show too. I always think of her as Wonder Woman from the most awful pilot in television history. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, other than that, um, caught up on Flash. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Ah, uh, Flash. I'm loving it. So amazing. So amazing. I'm loving it like McDonald's. I finally saw Jurassic World. Yeah? And I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I forgot that you hadn't seen Jurassic World. Yeah, I, I finally was able to watch it, and so I did, and I was happy. <laughs> I thought it was so good. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> you weren't too fond of it. You were I so-so, thought no. it was okay, but that was it, right? Yeah, like, I thought it was fun enough, but it was very, like, the plot was thin, the the characters were a little on the nose and, and kind of ham-fisted, and, and it was all just a little little overstated, as we have insane noises and weird <laughs> things going on in the background, and two of our panelists cracking up. <laughs> what, what was going on? <laughs> Matt got her a popsicle. <laughs> it was good, good thinking, Matt. He's like, this will be a great idea. You should have unwrapped it in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, man. That is funny. <clears throat> oh, no, didn't do, don't look behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but no, I thought, it was, I thought it was better than all the sequels. It wasn't as good as the first one, but yeah. I liked it. Is a good follow up to nice. the first one. Nice, nice. And then uh, I got a new tattoo finally. You got the Hydra symbol got on the your right Hydra elbow. Elbow. Nice. So it looks good. I'll tweet some photos. Tweety tweet some photos. Get bro. on Twitter. Yeah. Respond to me, people. At Savage Land Pod. Yep. Mm. I. I think that's about it. It's all your ketchup. You got yeah. got everything out of your. If uh, I remember anything. I'll bring your Costco it up, sized but... ketchup pack because you've been yeah. gone for a little while. Yeah. It's we, been fun. we missed you. You were dearly missed. Yeah, I missed you guys. I was doing a lot of laundry. I feel like I should play some sort of romantic music, but I'm not that good of <laughs> a producer, so. <laughs> Rachel, looks like oh. it's time for you to catch us oh. up. Oh, oh, it's me now. It's you now. All right. You're uh, you're ready. Uh, you're ready. You're you're set. You're you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh first and foremost, I got Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Ooh, how is it? It is so much fun. Really? Um, you get to play. Um, the characters are twins. Ooh, twin assassins. So, and there's a boy and a girl, so you get to switch between oh, them that's how they between do that. each mission. That's really awesome. And I love playing the girl. Do they maybe. have like a psych, psych, like a psychic connection, like all twins do? No. Oh, it's not. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Escape to Witch Mountain. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Good joke. 
Kachoke me. Oh wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I, I totally, I have, I have a no, sound. No, I have a sound no, for that joke. Too Matt, late. Matt, I have a sound for that joke. <laughs> this is a, the not funniest thing a... you'll ever hear. How long ago did that okay. movie come out? <laughs> go oh go on, Rachel. <laughs> now I'm derailed. Yes. No, you're fine. So Assassin's Creed Syndicate, you love playing as the girl. <laughs> because? But they're not really psychic because they're not escaping from Witch Mountain. Yeah. No. They're, and then, they're in London. I was just rehashing the whole Okay, good. Yeah. I'm glad we recapped that. I guess I'll just sit no. here you tell jokes. <laughs> no, Rachel, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> So the girl is actually fully clothed and hey, good. badass. Yeah. Like she kills people in like the worst way possible. Oh, good. And it's a lot of fun. Violent murder. Yeah. Yay. I'm completely violent. <laughs> but so, so far I've started my gang and I've recruited other gangs because I took over Whitechapel. <laughs> so you have to go through each section mm-hmm. of England and regain control from the gangs oh. that are all around Is it there. similar to the previous games or a little bit different? It's only the same and that they're assassins. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> right. I remember going through, like different areas and you'd have to unlock them to, or take them back over to unlock certain things. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, sort of the same, but it's a little more. A little different? Yeah. How's how's the the fight like like the the playability of like all the action it's and stuff? It's so much smoother, really, than the previous games. Like, yeah, it's just smoother and better. And this is the first one that was only released on the new gens, or was there one in between? Yeah, was Unity. 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 Oh yeah, Unity. Unity was fun. Yeah, it was. I only I played it like twice. But... Yeah. So does Syndicate have online too? Nope. It's the only one with no <laughs> online. No. Right. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. I don't play online. I thought you I guys like played playing online with together. you guys. Yeah, yeah we did. You don't even we did care. It. We yeah, did we it played. once. Yeah, we played. Oh, just Unity. once. Oh. Yeah. Once. I, 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 rem- I think I remember it more because we, we played it once. We did all the online missions in like three hours, and then that's yeah. pretty much. And that. then we just like ran around and talked to each other, <laughs> but like did separate things. I but think, you can. I think I remember it most because I just felt really left out. I was like, oh, all my friends are all playing. Yeah. And then I just sat and stared at my Xbox. You did this to me. Get a PlayStation get a before PlayStation. the new Red Dead comes out. Nope. I don't Red have that Dead's kind of money. My favorite. Well, you got time. <laughs> I got to get one, too, because I don't have any game consoles now. Really? Dude, Red Dead, it's not going to come out for a while. I know. Yeah, you got time. You got plenty of time. I. That's my favorite Online, at least the last one. You got one all was the, the time in the world. And I got just enough time on my hands. But we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really don't. So, anyways, mm-hmm. back to Rachel's ketchup. Jeez. Rachel's double function Rachel's ketchup packet. That... Let's make jokes between <laughs> everything. Okay. So... Entertainment. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. I'll mute my mic. <laughs> So since it is October and sort of close to Halloween, I've been reading Doctor Sleep by Stephen King. Hmm. Normally I read The that's Shining. The, that's the Shining year. sequel? Yeah, this is yeah. a sequel to The Shining. And so it's Danny all grown up. And what I like about it is that in the beginning, it still starts from after the hotel exploded. And it still talks about how things were for him growing up after you know, his dad tried to kill him and his mother and all that. 
But now he's all grown up, and there's this cult that's kidnapping kids that have the shining. The shinin. The shinin. You want to get sued? You've got the (laughs) shinin. Simpsons reference. Uh, (laughs) Simpsons did it. (laughs) Yeah. So he meets a girl, this 12-year-old girl that has the shining and he's trying to protect her from the cult that's kidnapping the kids. But he's gone this long. He is actually an alcoholic and a junkie. So he's kind of gone down the road that his dad went down, even though he said, I'm never going to grow up to be like that. He still does. Which sucks. That's that's really good. It's super (laughs) shitty. You're just like, dude, why did you let this happen to yourself? Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. Total junkie alcoholic. And this is the same kid from The Shining, right? Yeah, the little boy. Oh, that's good. I mean, he seemed like he would turn out so well. Did they? Yeah. Did they? Are there red rums in there? I don't know yet. I'm not (laughs) that far in. I've just got to where he has seen Tony again. Because he's gone like years and years without seeing Tony or hearing Tony speak to him. Oh, really? Yeah. So now Tony's turned up again and he's now interviewed for a job like basically the same way Jack did to get the caretaker position. Oh, really? Uh, parallels. But, but he's taken a job as a caretaker of this amusement park. Mm. Very nice. Did he do the interview as Tony? No. <laughs> <laughs> Be the best. <laughs> yeah. That'd be incredible. Uh, that's cool. You know, I, I I read pretty much a huge chunk of most of Stephen King's stuff, but I, I did not read Dr. Sleep. Yeah, I've had it since it came out, but I just haven't got to it yet. Dr. Sleep sounds like a really boring comic. Dr. <laughs> Beware, I shall make you sleep. Really lame superhero. Or supervillain. Yeah. Oh no, it's Dr. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, guys, run! Don't make you fall asleep. Wouldn't but that that's, suck? That's uh, that's sort of what Nightmare is—the Doctor Strange villain. I guess that's yeah. He's just Doctor Sleep. Well, he makes you fall asleep, and then you have, then you get trapped in your horrible nightmares. Oh, well, okay, that's cool. a little scary. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of similar to Sandman, I guess, if you think about it. Or Freddy what about Doctor Sleep? Yeah. Hypnoth- oh, Freddy Krueger. Doctor Sleep hypnotherapist. <laughs> MD. <laughs> MD, because that, that'll come in handy for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That was my that was my Halloween costume last year. Inspector Plague Doctor MD. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. What, what else what else you got, Rachel? Alright. I have one more thing for you to ridicule. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an anime, so have at it. Watching, oh, yeah. um, Tokyo Ghoul. Tokyo Ghoul. Okay. Nobody's ever heard of it. Nope. <laughs> I take it. Everybody's blank-faced. So. I think I saw it on Facebook once. <laughs> well, in the style I, I did of, actually. Yeah, you did post something on Facebook yeah, about it. Yeah, just because I think it's awesome. But mm-hmm. in the I have style a passing of, familiarity with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they they never explain to you, like, why things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Like an attack on Titan, you never know why the Titans are there. In this one, you'd never know why the ghouls are there. So oh. there's humans and ghouls, and ghouls live off human flesh. Yeah, human flesh. So this kid gets attacked by a ghoul, Mm -hmm. and so he's dying, and they managed to save him, but they transplanted the ghoul's organs into his body, so he's half human, half ghoul. So now he has to, like, try to (laughs) 
be a ghoul try to now. Try to ghoul his way out of this. Yeah, try to ghoul my way out of this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's awesome. That's fantastic. Nobody else does, but I do. <laughs> well, that's the thing with anime is like 90% of the stories I hear and I think to myself, that sounds super cool. I probably, that's, that story sounds super cool. Yeah. But I just can't. It's just the, the style, the animation yeah. style, the pacing yeah. and stuff like that. Well, like, and through. they have powers. They all have different things that shoot out of their backs. That's kind of their defense mechanism. Okay, I'm making it sound a little weird. But wait, there's more. So there's, Billy Mays. there's hunters that like track them down. And when they kill them, they take like their power that pops out of their back mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. make weapons out of them. Cause it's the only thing that they can kill them with. Okay. How'd they kill the first one? <laughs> I don't know. They killed it with the thing off of its own back. Yeah, they took no it sense. out and then. <laughs> I didn't write the story, Matt. It's, you know, See? you don't ask the setup questions. That's what I mean by things are never explained, they're just there. It just everything happened and, it you just, know. It's happening. Maybe the first it's one there. died of old age. But I will throw another weird thing in there for Maybe. you. Maybe. <laughs> Um, there's other ghouls that they call gourmets. <laughs> and, uh, and I almost spat the, Mountain Dew all over my mixer. And, no, no, wait. It gets weirder. So the one guy finds out that the kid is half human, half ghoul, and he wants to eat him like super hardcore. <laughs> like it's really perverted and weird and disgusting. I got super weirded out. So this is, <laughs> these are, I mean... These are kids' shows? This one is not. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I just don't know. I mean, I, I know that, you know, anime sort of runs the gauntlet of... Child child, child, adult. child friendly to tentacle porn. <laughs> <laughs> this got a little, it like, <laughs> on the side of tentacle porn. I was a little like, oh, I kind of feel like I shouldn't be watching this, actually. <laughs> this is a pro-tentacle porn anime. Should we be I watching so this? Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Mystery Science Theater drop yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I, caught that. Did you? Yeah. I will throw in one Mystery Science Theater thing since I also have been watching it nonstop. <laughs> but nobody like will be able to see this. But I just want to ask Matt if on Squirm they show the title and they go, oh, okay. And then <laughs> <laughs> they start squirming. <laughs> moving around. So funny. Wow. I laughed so hard. Like ridiculously hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, that's enough of my weirdness. Well, I guess it's time for me to bust my bottle open, and I'll I'll keep it brief. Because um, last time I kind of went on for quite a while on my ketchup. Um, that's normal. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um, Batman and Robin Eternal uh, continuing. I, I talked about number one last week. I read numbers two and three this week. Super awesome. Bringing back, again, every part that I love about Batman, the weird dysfunctional family that is all the former Robins, as well as Cassandra Kane and Harper Rowe, who goes by Bluebird, and, like, this crazy, weird, intricate plot where, basically, Batman might have actually commissioned all of the Robins to be genetically created to become child soldiers for him. What? That sounds awesome. Right? Wow. Yeah. And Batman's a dick. And he is, so in, in the DC continuity now, Batman, or Bruce Wayne, is 
basically gone. He's there, but he has none of his memories. So he's not Batman anymore. Jim Gordon now is now parading around in a robo robo Batman bunny suit, and um, he so he's the new Batman. And Bruce left with left Cassandra Kane. He left her with a video message to Dick, and basically saying, "Look, I know Dick. Shut up." Um, basically saying, "I have one regret. You know, like there's there's one last thing. That, there's one thing that's going to be coming out, and it's going to be coming out huge. I need you to stop it. Whatever." And it's this really obviously cryptic message because they always have to be because um, story. Um, and then yeah, what they're what they're finding out right now is basically that that. Jason, Dick, and Tim were all created, or at least, you know, what it seems right now. I don't know how it's going to pay off, but were basically all created to become child soldiers for fucking Batman. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so awesome. In this weird, like, Clone Wars-y feeling, like... I love that. Super, yeah, it's amazing. And, like, having having Dick, Tim, and, and Jason all work together as, along with Harper Rowe and Cassandra Cain, like... It's really cool. Oh, like, so they're all working to figure... Yeah, to figure it out and oh. chase down this mystery that's called Mother. Um, like, it's it's crazy. That sounds way cool. I know. I love it. <laughs> is, the, uh, is Mother created by Glenn Danzig? <laughs> mother. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Not even going to do that justice. Um, and I've also been reading uh, DC Comics 52, which was a, a year-long weekly comic that they did back in, like, 2006 or so. Following the events of Infinite Crisis, um, in 52, the, basically the, the bottom line story is uh, Clark Kent no longer has his powers as Superman. Batman is, is off with, uh, with Dick and Tim, um, basically like retraining themselves. They feel like they've gotten out of touch and, and lost their steps, so they are basically going around the world retraining themselves. Um, and then Wonder Woman is, is lost somewhere, and nobody knows. So basically you have the world right after a giant crisis without the, you know, the holy trinity in the DC universe. And so this story is basically this weird mystery, uh, uh, something's wrong in the, the um, space-time continuum. They're not sure why, like history is changing itself. They're not sure why those three are gone. And they're trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the world. And, and there's all these weird things keep happening. And so we're following um, Booster Gold, who's trying to figure out the whole time thing because he's been using the fact that he's from the future to capitalize and, and, and make himself a hero this whole time. Um, we're following Booster Gold, uh, trying to put his pieces together. Um, Ralph Dibney, a.k.a. the Elongated Man, who sounds like a really lame superhero, <laughs> but he's a detective. He's a really good detective, and that's what most he of his stories like center around. He sounds like a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> elongated And he's, he's basically man. like Mr. Fantastic, but he's a detective. Um, and he's not using his powers because recently his wife was killed um, in, a, in a comic called Identity Crisis right before Infinite Crisis. Um, and so he's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And somebody has been like, like defiled his wife's grave, stole a bunch of things. Um, and and uh, so we're following him like trying to put those pieces together. And then there's this whole like cult that he finds called the, the Cult of Connor, which is a bunch of people dedicated to resurrection and trying to resurrect Superboy because he sacrificed himself to save everybody. Um, so we're following Ralph Dibney on that, and then the question and uh, Detective Renee Montoya are trying to put together a bunch of other pieces involving sort of that same thing, but a few different mysteries that are going on. And the question's like, look, everything's fucked up. I recognize it's fucked up. You should recognize it's fucked up. You're a detective. We need to figure this out, yada, yada. And so now they just barely um, decided that they're going to venture off to uh, – oh, shit, I can't even remember where. Anyway. Um, Batwoman is introduced in this. Uh, Kate Kane, Batwoman is introduced, which is cool. 
fucking awesome. Um, and then Adam Strange, Starfire, and Animal Man are all lost somewhere in space. This sounds so cool. It's incredible. <laughs> like, it's such a good event. And it's, it's been hailed for a long time as one of the best events that DC has ever pushed out. So there's 52 issues for an entire year. I just finished the first volume, which is the first 13 issues. And it's absolutely incredible. The art is insanely high quality. Like, for the fact that it's a weekly issue and they have to go between, like, four artists, the art is insanely good. Because um, they basically had Keith Giffen lay it, like do all the layouts for the art and then head it on to the other artists and have them write it or actually fill it in and do the full art. And then it's written by a combination of Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, take a drink, um, um, Greg Rucka, who's an insanely good like uh, mystery, you know, noir type writer, um, and then uh, shit, who was the fourth writer? Oh, oh, Mark Wade, fucking Mark Wade, duh. duh. Um, I mean, like that's an insanely good team. Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Greg Rucka, and Mark freaking Wade. Like, that's so good. Um, so anyway, yeah, loving that. I got through the first volume. I'm going to start the second volume, and hopefully by the time I finish the second volume, I'll find the third volume somewhere because I have volumes one, two, and four. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so. Um, Fucked that up. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> um, I read Bendis's Invincible Iron Man number one. Really interesting, but at the same time, I'm probably not going to keep reading it. Um, the art is good and bad at the same time. I really like the artist and the way that he draws people, but I absolutely hate the Iron Man suit. Absolutely hate it. Like, it's, it's super simplistic and basic looking. It looks like something that I drew, like, 10 years ago when I was, like, sort of, actually more than 10 years ago. Like, when I was a child. It looks like an Iron Man suit I would have draw, drawn when I was a child with straighter lines and better proportions. <laughs> and so, I'm just like, eh, that bums me out. But, like, it seems pretty fun, and I think Bendis will be a good Iron Man writer. He's a, you know, he's a dialogue guy. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the new Iron Man from, uh, from Bendis. That's, that's now an ongoing, um, and then in January, he's also going to have a second Iron Man series called international Iron Man. Wait, it's called the invincible Iron Man. Yeah. You're looking at fractions run. Invincible Iron Man is a brand new one. Yeah, Bendis okay. is, Bendis is invincible Iron Man. Did you read fractions run? I loved it fractions super run. Super good. Yeah. Fucking amazing. I, well, I, that's why I was questioning. Cause you said. You, did, well, you probably weren't going to read it, and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. No, it's, a new, it's the new Invincible Iron Man by Bendis and some other artist. Got it. Um, but yeah, seriously, though, speaking of insanely good comics, ben, or Fractions Invincible Iron Man is so good. I think I still have two more trades to buy, and then I'll have the entire collection. I think I've read through the entire thing like three times at this point. Um, <laughs> so good. Like the whole Stark Disassembled and Stark Resilient and, and My Monsters was insanely good. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> And then the Star Wars trailer prompted me to finally go out and read the Force or to the the road to Star Wars Force Awakens Shattered Empire, the comic series. Um, it's four issues following the parents of Poe Dameron, who are rebel pilots. Um, one of them teams up with uh, with Leia, um, and the other teams up with uh, Han Solo, and they're basically trying to um, prevent. And I'm like making sure I'm not getting things twisted in my head because I also started reading Brian Woods' Star Wars. And so, like, and both of them take plays. Like, I, anyway. Um, so, so the Empire's been destroyed, but there are a lot of Empire outposts that uh, still, you know, didn't get the message. Um, and Palpatine left a plan in place where basically if he dies, those motherfuckers, and, like, they, like nobody, like, in the Empire, they're trying to make sure that the Empire doesn't know, like, all the Imperial soldiers and stuff don't know that Palpatine died. And so he puts this plan into effect where he's dead now, so he has, like, this messenger deliver a message from him to one of his commanders, and he goes and um, basically sets off a plan to destroy Naboo because that's, like, the heart of, of you know, the new 
order and that that's where all of Palpatine's plans and, and records and everything are, are. So he's trying to destroy everything that Palpatine ever had so they can never piece together everything that he did. So this so Shattered Empire is a four-issue miniseries that follows Poe Dameron's parents as they help Han and Leia basically prevent that from happening. So really cool. It gives you kind of a good insight into where Poe comes from. And then also you follow Luke as he's rescuing basically like the last two remnants of, of the force, these trees that are like floating in this empire secret base where only Palpatine and one of his commanders knew that it existed. And so uh, Dameron's mom helps Luke as well to rescue those trees. Um, and then he gives her one to go and plant in their new living where they raise Poe and everything. So they plant this, this tree that's sort of a life source for the force. Really interesting. Um, yeah. Awesome. Like the, the writing was, was really cohesive with how the characters actually talk. Like it it felt, it felt very star Warsy. Awesome. And it was written by Greg Rucka who is writing like four of the road to the force awakens things. He didn't write that terrible one. Um, that was Chuck Windig who is writing three more. He's writing three more road to the force awakens. And he's uh, doing a Marvel comic. They, they liked Uh, him. I guess. Either that or it was in his contract before they even read it. I don't know. That's super unfortunate. I know, right? I can't wait to read all the Greg Rucka stuff, though. Um, let's see. Oh, letter 44. Um, tra- comic by Charles Soule, published by Oni Press. Uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Like, basically, like, it, like it's a very Arthur C. Clarke type story. Um, super space opera. They find that outside of Jupiter, I think it was Jupiter, there's this basically like this giant alien Thing. It's a construction. They don't know what its purpose is, but they, they, they find it outside of Jupiter, but it's got all of this like cloaking so they can't actually see it. They basically just see that there is a giant hole in their radar that they can't see anything. And so they send uh, uh, astronauts and military people out to investigate it. And it turns out like it's basically they have two presidents, the analog for George Bush and the analog for Barack Obama. Turns out George Bush started all of the wars and all that stuff to basically cover up the fact that, that they were spending tons of money on getting these people out to Jupiter to investigate this this alien thing. And so all of the wars have just been a cover-up for that. And the reason it's called Letter 44 is, you know how the president leaves a letter for the next president every time that they leave office? His letter was like, hey, bro, um, I know you hate me, and like you're really pissed about all these wars and stuff, but uh, there's a giant thing out by Jupiter, <laughs> and we're trying to check that out because they might be here to kill us. We have no idea. Um, good luck with that. See ya. And so... It's basically, awesome. yeah, it's this new president trying to, like, figure out what the hell do I do with this? And, like, there's this team that's almost out there as he's coming into office. And so he has to, like, deal with that. And, like, then he's also trying to deal with the fact that, like, the old president is, like, still trying to interfere with everything. And, like, there's – anyway, super space opera e like, and also a little bit political – Loved the writing. Um, not a fan of the art at all. It was by some guy. It wasn't Raphael Albuquerque, but it was another guy with the last name Albuquerque. It really didn't fit the tone of the book, I don't think. Like, it was kind of cartoony, and the proportions kind of sucked, and the noses were really flat. And did it, was, it take you out of the story at it all? It really did a little bit, but, it, like, by the, by the time I got, like, two or three issues in, I was invested enough in the story that the art stopped bothering me as much. But I feel like it would have, it could have lended itself a lot better to like painted art, you know, like if it was like an Alex Ross type of art, or maybe even closer to um, like a Phil Noto or something like that. It would have put it more in that space opera type of you know mindset. Um, either way, though, an insanely good book, and then just the cover of it, the cover of this trade paperback is one of the most beautifully elegant, simple covers I've ever looked at. It's just like this black sort of blueprint map of space, and then all of the lines are like the silver reflective stuff, so it gets really rainbowy and everything. Like it's really cool. Um, anyway, and I love Charles Soule, so you know, 
Um, but then I also started reading Shadow of Yavin by Brian Wood, which was a, a Dark Horse stomach, Star Wars comic. Um, but when Marvel bought out uh, uh, Star, the Star Wars rights, they basically were able to, I guess, inherit all of the Dark Horse stuff and start reprinting it. Hmm. And so, yeah, oh. that's kind of weird, right? Um, kind of sucks for Dark Horse. Um, yeah. But yeah, I started reading that because I got it in a Humble Bundle like months ago. Um, so I got uh, like 40 pages into Shadow of Yavin. Really freaking good. Takes place in between A New Hope and uh, um, Empire Strikes Back. Um, follows Luke and Leia, and they're trying to find a new base um, for the Rebel Outpost. Uh, Leia's flying around and like being a soldier and a badass. And uh, anyway, really cool. Um, super fun. Love Star Wars, and I'm getting really Star Warsy lately. So yeah, uh, you are. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> burn us all out. I know. I like, <laughs> I'm getting so Star Warsy, but. Um, yeah, I think, uh, that, that's, that's all my catch up. Um, I, should we, should we do our, our special segment for this week? Rin. Yeah, our special, special guest. Yeah, special. Yeah. We have a super special guest. Special guests, Mitch's daughter, Serenity, coming in for Ren's Corner. And I'll, I'll play some, some fun, interesting music for Ren's Corner in just a second. Ready for Ren's Corner? All right, how's it going, Ren? Good. Good. All right. Well, uh, Ren, you're 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 a pretty big comic fan, aren't you? Yeah. What What are your favorite comics right now? I like Spider Gwen. I don't know anymore. <laughs> you don't know anymore. <laughs> I actually started reading Spider Gwen. What's your favorite thing about Spider Gwen, Ren? Um, she's kind of like Spider Man, but she has pink. But she has pink. <laughs> Her outfit's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, what's uh, what what what's your what's your favorite? If like if you were to choose any comic book at all or any superhero, who's your favorite? Um, Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen, nice. <laughs> what's uh, so so what like if you look back at these last few days, um, what shows have you been watching or, or what things have you been reading? I know I've been reading my My Little Pony collection. Uh huh. And I just barely finished it last night. How was it? Good. Yeah, who's your favorite who's your favorite character in My Little Pony? Um Rarity. Why is that? Because she likes she has a diamond as her cutie mark and she likes to make dresses. That's really cool. Do you like do you like to make dresses? Is that something that you want to do? Yes? <laughs> You're not nodding yes. Awesome. <laughs> What to say stuff? <laughs> yeah, otherwise, otherwise the listeners can't can't hear you if you're just not. It's okay though. I do it all the time. Um, what's uh, so what 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 type of uh, what what type of things would you like to make? Uh, like as far as dresses, like colors. What are your favorite colors? Pink. Pink. Um, and blue. Pink and blue, like Spider Gwen. And I see you're wearing your Vanellope von Schweetz outfit right now. I couldn't find my pants. You couldn't find the Vanellope pants. That's unfortunate. But so, so I take it I'll then. I'll find them. You'll find them. I hope so. So I, t- I take it then that uh, that Wreck It Ralph is one of your favorite movies. Yeah. Yep. What What do you like about Wreck It Ralph? It has Vanellope, and I guess what part I like. Hmm. I don't know. What part do you like? The last part when she turns into that princess. She's really pretty when she turns into that princess, huh? Yep. That's awesome. Was there? I just watched a new movie last night. What did we watch? Aladdin. You watched Aladdin. What did you think of Aladdin? It was 
pretty. Yeah? What was your favorite part of Aladdin? Um, where Aladdin meets Jasmine. Okay. That's really fun. Did you like Did you like all the songs in Aladdin? Yep. It's got a really good song, song, uh, soundtrack, huh? <laughs> are you, you going to listen to it on iTunes really? all the time before she saw it? Do you already know all the words to, to the Aladdin songs? No? <laughs> I haven't listened to them all. Oh, jeez. Which, uh, which Aladdin song's your favorite? A Whole New World. That's a good song. That's a really good song. I actually sang that yesterday for no reason. <laughs> I was in the car and I just started singing A Whole New World. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened. That's Aaron, awesome. Aaron, what do you think my favorite Aladdin song is? I don't know. Just pick a wild guess. Um. Oh, I, have, <laughs> I have a song for this. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> what do you... Prince Ali, fabulous he, Ali Ababa. <laughs> That's going to be stuck in all our heads. It'll be stuck in my head for sure. That's awesome. Well, Ren, what, what, else, what else do you want to say while you're on the show? Um, it's a lot of pressure, I know. You were reading another comic the other day. You remember you brought it out to me because he said remember. potato. Um, Doctor Who. Oh, Doctor Who. And guess she comes what? out he was and super excited. And he was like, name a planet potato. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd name a planet if I had the choice. <laughs> and most of Russia would name a planet that as well. That's true. <laughs> That's awesome, Ren. I'm really glad to hear it. It's, it's, it's good stuff. I'm glad you're reading Doctor Who and comic books in general. What were we watching before we came over here? Um... X-Men. Awesome. Which, 90s X-Men. Ooh, 90s X-Men. Which one? I chose it. You chose it? Which X-Men were in in the episode that you watched? Um, Murph came back. Uh-huh. Because he died saving Wolverine. Oh, wow. What did he do when he came back? Um, he fit the Sentinels. He, I did them. Oh, he fought the Sentinels? <laughs> That's awesome. The Sentinels are, are scary. This gave me nightmares when I was a kid. <laughs> it's like not even a joke. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you did you like the episode? Was it fun to watch? Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's a good show. Nineties X Men is awesome. And there's like ten hours of, or probably more than how many hours do you think there are of X Men shows? Five seasons. Five seasons. Damn, that's a lot of hours. And they're pretty long seasons too. It's yeah. not like they're just ten episodes. So it's like fifty hours. And at she's least. seen it all the way through. She's seen it all twice. the way through. You've watched all the X Men episodes from the nineties? Because we've got it on I only watch so. Phoenix. <laughs> she only watches Phoenix. <laughs> they like to put on the Phoenix and the Apocalypse storylines. Those are good ones. Oh yeah. I don't like Apocalypse. You don't like him? I hate him. <laughs> well, did you know he's gonna be in a movie next year? They're gonna have a, a full movie of Apocalypse. Well I'd punch him in the face if he was real. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably a good call. He doesn't seem like too nice of a guy. <laughs> I think he He's seems not pleasant. nice. What's He's his not. real name? I don't know. En Sabanor. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> We're acting quiet and near me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, should we should we move on to the the review section? Works for me. Do you have any final thoughts, Ren? Um, I don't know. <laughs> First thing that comes to your mind. I know the pressure's the pressure's <laughs> on. A lot of pressure. 
put you I'm on the spot. I'm still shy. You're still shy? It's okay. Are, are you flutter shy? <laughs> <laughs> Why would I be her? <laughs> That's awesome. I talk to my toys. <laughs> Even my backpack, I talk to everything. It's okay, I do too. Most things don't listen to me, though. <laughs> they probably listen to you more. Fluttershy was... And one time when I brought Fluttershy out with my scooter, she was just flying it around. <laughs> and guess what she was singing? The what? Rainbow Rocks song. No, she wasn't. <laughs> yes, she was. Oh, Such a lie. <laughs> will, you, will you sing it for us? No. Aw. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe one day we'll convince her. <laughs> Only, I don't have any more YouTube. You don't have any on more YouTube? Safari. Aw, that's sad. I put on parental settings on her cell phone. Yeah, <laughs> parental <laughs> settings. <laughs> For the win. I'm such a mean dad. <laughs> dad, you forgot something. Oh, snap. Oh. Mitch, what'd you forget? He forgot to give me videos on my phone. Aw. Mitch. Wait, what was it? I hate it when my dad forgets that. <laughs> to give you videos on her phone. Oh. No, games. I oh, guess. games. Oh, okay. She's got Mitch. videos. She gets on to iTunes Music and will watch music videos all day. That's what she used to do on YouTube, was watch those. And then, have you ever seen the YouTube videos where they unwrap, like, the little toys? And that's all the fucking videos. Oh, yeah, is. yeah. It's just, oh, I'm going to take this toy out of a package and show uh. you, and it's... Cute and stupid. They'll <laughs> <laughs> watch them for hours. You cute and stupid. <laughs> the title of my autobiography. Like that. <laughs> if yeah. you don't like My Little Pony, you don't like Rainbow Dash. There we go. Because you like <laughs> story of my life. But <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fall. Good job. Okay, good job, Serenity. Bye. bye. Bye, Serenity. It was good having you on. And I think with that, it's time for the reviews. <laughs> What is this Christmas soundtrack from Home Alone? It's just a scary organ. I don't know. Scary organ. Why, how did you get Christmas out of that? From Home Alone. <laughs> there's a scene in Home Alone where there's like a choir. I don't know. I can't hear it very well. <laughs> yeah, your headphones suck. Um, terrible. Yeah, it could even be. No, it's not my fault. I need um, to get my. I need to get a new cord for my other ones because it's got a short. Oh, really? One of my kids bit it. Mine's got a long. Want want. Um... <laughs> Jeez. So this book, terrible. or this this week's book, uh, as you may have guessed from the the first uh, opening song, is one two three four, a Fantastic Four story by Grant Morrison with art by Jay Lee. Um, I pitched this book, so I suppose I'll uh, I'll introduce. This is uh, kind of a uh, quick short story. Uh, you know, one one issue for each member of the Fantastic Four. Sort of, you know, with obviously an interconnecting story um, from Grant Morrison. Uh, the reason I pitched it is because uh, I'm a huge Morrison head because that's a new name that I'm just saying that all Grant Morrison fans are called. Um, Fair enough. But I'm a huge Grant Morrison fan. I've been wanting to read a good Fantastic Four story, and I figured that uh, Grant Morrison would be a good place to start. You should be the Sons of Morris. The Sons of Morris? Yes. Uh, I get it. That's uh, funny. That's, that's cute. That's a cute little name. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I love Jay Lee's art and I love Grant Morrison's writing and I'm, I've always been wanting to like the Fantastic Four. So, uh, I figured what better place to start. Um, but let's, let's hear your, your freaking thoughts, guys. What's, uh, what'd you think about the book? I like the darker tone it kind of had. Mm-hmm. Definitely. 
worked well. Yeah, the the art, I mean, especially Jay Lee's art with how, you know, how inky he, you know, he is and how how dark his presentation of everything is, it definitely lended itself very well to the story. I find yeah. it and it shows it's under the Marvel Knights collection. Yeah. Which are kind of dark. Dark stories, yeah. Well, and that Marvel Knights was sort of like a an era more than it was yeah. specific comics. Yeah, it's true. They had, I mean, I know they had like they had the imprint, the but it was kind of, yeah, it was, it was, it was a time period as well, though. It feels like, you know, cause while they were doing Marvel Knights, it felt like that sort of bled over into all the main stories as well. Just that tone. I find it, I found it interesting that the way to make Fantastic Four intriguing was to rip the family apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, the way that Doom does it is great. Yeah. You know, cause I've never been a huge fan of Fantastic Four. I kind of always felt like Fantastic Four was sort of a, a monster of the week comic. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I, while I didn't think this was my favorite comic I've ever read, it was nice to get a glimpse of the Fantastic Four in the progress of being completely ripped apart by themselves, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as they're toyed by Doctor Doom. Yeah. I thought, like, one thing that was interesting for, for me about it, and I think Morrison does this a lot, where, like, I started reading the comic and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> like, conversations weren't making sense and, like, yeah. things were just, like, really weird. So it definitely picks up sort of in the middle of what yeah. was going on chronologically. Yeah. yeah. And so I could see how it, it, you could have a little bit of a tough time just jumping in. Yeah, yeah. But not too much. Yeah, I was trying to think of where it, when it was actually going on, what else was going on in the Marvel Universe at that point. Yeah. I yeah I, I I have no idea what the continuity was around it, but it was definitely like you start reading it and you just get like really confused, like what is yeah, all this like, stuff? Why, and like why is the thing so angry and yeah dickish, and why is everybody else being a dick to him? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really weird. And then yeah, just like the whole thing. But then like I think right around issue three, you start to see all those pieces coming together and realize yeah. that he's just telling like this really staggered story. That you know to to make it make sense with Doctor Doom's plot and and all that like it was interesting the way that that tied in I, I kind of liked reading it and just having so much confusion while reading the first two issues yeah because it kind of makes you want to yeah. keep reading it you have all that curiosity what's going on yeah but what I mean what were like Rachel what were your, what were some of your favorite parts um Namor <laughs> yes that's what I was just about to say he's so awesome I. Namor should be in Namor every comic so much. Even though he's like super creepy and kind of a jerk face, mm-hmm. I still just really love him. I <laughs> I would rather Sue run away with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's better than Mister Fantastic. Mister Fantastic's boring. Namor's got an exciting life. Well, because yeah. Reed has and he's dreamy. One, he, Reed has his one track mind, and it's addressed in this book pretty heavily. How yeah. very much she feels, you know, yeah. she does actually feel invisible to him. Which is like a really yeah. yeah. It was really cool that scene where she's sitting in there drinking the wine, and yeah, she's invisible and she's the invisible whole time, the entire time. And I loved that she was. You know, saying how much he doesn't see her and she's invisible. In yeah, the, in the panels, it was pretty awesome. It was it was really cool how he brought out the the powers of the characters through their emotions. 
Yeah, yeah. which you know? I, I absolutely loved that. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, she feels invisible. Johnny is, is the, the entire time, you know, his temper is running hot. Like, yeah. you know, Reed is stretching his mind and, and he's, you know, he's, he's stretching himself in too many different directions. Ben Ben is feeling cold and, and isolated and hardened. And yeah. It's really, like, it's it interesting Yeah, that I way. really loved that. But yeah, Namor was one of my favorite parts. Um... I don't know what else. I like how it starts on Yancey Street. That was cool. That was a nice little like, oh, hey, look at that. It's Yancey Street. Well, yeah, because look at that. Yeah, Namor, Namor <laughs> sitting in the water outside in the rain, and you're like, yeah. mm, dude, dude that looks sexy yummy. silhouette. Rawr. Silhouette back. <laughs> yeah. You know? And Jaylee does draw that really well, because with all the shadowing and stuff, like it gives him a lot of <clears throat> ability to accentuate you know, people's like natural form, and yeah. I don't know. looked really cool. I do have a few questions, though, okay. that confused me, and I thought maybe you could enlighten me. The part when Reed is talking about when he went to Nepal, and he had, like, all the evil taken out of him, mm-hmm. what does that mean in contrast to Von Doom? Because he says that he so, calls him Victor, yeah. but are they connected well, in so any that, way? That part was... was Victor's narrative, like that was Reed talking and saying, "This is what Victor would have you believe." Okay, so that was all like a. That's what Doom was telling Ben Grimm, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's what Doom told Ben Grimm is like, "I'm, you know, I'm part of Reed's psyche. I'm the evil part that he that he took out of him to, you know, to make himself more good or wanted to hide away or whatever." Um, but yeah, that was all just Victor pulling his strings and making them sort of think that, and then that was what. What Reed was finally able to break, you know, the 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 glass or whatever was like, look, this is exactly what he's told you. I know what he's told you, and it's it's absolutely not fucking true, yeah. type thing. Because that was a little hard to follow. I know, I know that. <laughs> so that part... I got a little confused. I'm like, no, what does this mean in the yeah. whole story? I, I know because it felt a little out of place. Yeah. And as I was reading it, I was like, because, like, you know, they wait for a little bit to tell you, to be like, oh, yeah, that's what he would have you believe. Yeah. And so I'm like, what the hell? Like, is Reed a sociopath? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and stuff like that. It was, it was really interesting reading that because I'm like, oh, shit, like, that's, you know, like, a, in a weird way, it made sense, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Because I, I liked the idea of it, but it still, was, it didn't make sense. Yeah. Like, oh, that's cool, but... This isn't fitting together the way I want it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It was just like, and then he explained, he's like, you know, he's like, Ben, you know, that's not true. Like, we went to college with, with Victor, you know, like, we, we've known him for a long time. There's no way that, you know, that, yeah. that he could be a construct in my mind. Um, but yeah, no, that was, that was really cool. And that was really Morrison. Like, that was, that was probably yeah. one of the most Morrison parts of this book. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But what I mean, you know, what what about you, Matthew? What was uh, what was your opinion of it? Um, and what's just you know thoughts that you had? Uh, you know, the the weirdest thought I had was, uh, what's up with the fish? <laughs> Meaning <laughs> those fish at the beginning. Johnny like walks by and like superheats the fish tank, and Sue yeah. gets super bummed, and then they're like, they're oh, okay, yeah. it's they're fake. We'll just make more, and it's like. She, and she's like, they had names. What the? I don't know what's going on with that at all. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know the continuity <laughs> yeah. of that. Um, and then some sort of reference that Alicia Masters can make more fish. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. She yeah, just I, makes fish. I just want to know where to get one of her sweet Bluetooths that she's got at the beginning. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, the bug head Bluetooth thing. Yeah. Man, it's cool. They can control everything in her house. 
I think it, me one of those. I think it was really cool when her and Sue were talking, like, since Alicia couldn't see, like, it didn't matter to her that Sue was sitting there invisible, like, at all. Yeah, you know, yeah like it was completely no normal. Yeah. So, so, here's what I, I mean, one of the big, one of the big takeaways I had from this, um, and sort of because I also just read uh, Doom War. Okay. Uh, that's the Doctor Doom versus Black Panther when he in- invades Wakanda. Good story. Super good. Uh, along with this, and sort of tying into sort of uh, the fictional or uh, the the cinematic Fantastic Four, uh-huh. is what makes Doctor Doom such a great villain is letting a story play out where he's sort of is this mastermind the entire time, but you don't really see him. He's not a major player. Yeah, he was totally in the background throughout he's, the entire story. And same with, I mean, Doom War is a lot like that as well, where he's not, he's just sort of the, 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 the you know, the man behind the curtain uh, pulling everybody else's strings. Like, like the whole sequence with Namor and Mole Man. And oh, they're yeah. both kind of figuring out that Doom's playing both of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And that's like the, 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 I think the one, the thing that's always been lacking from any sort of, well, from all the cinematic Dr. Dooms is. They, they're way too upfront with them. They're, yeah. They just show him like, and he's got a singular world domination purpose. One note. And what, I mean, what makes it so good is, yeah, him. The him, mystery. The, the, the mystery and, and him just like, especially in this, just crushing each one of them. Yeah. 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 Formulaically. And like, it, yeah. and, and the thing was like, it had to go in the order it did. Like, he, you know, he he knew that if he can, if he takes out Ben first, and then goes for Sue, and then goes it's for Johnny, it's gonna have this then... ripple effect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it was just, it, yeah, it was brilliant. Well, and with Doom being behind the scenes, I mean, in most episodes, he doesn't even show up. Him himself, he sends his Doom bots in. Yeah, I like that true. conversation when Ben was talking to the Doom bot because Doctor yeah. Doom just patches into it and starts talking to him. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. That was really cool. Yeah, he's just like sitting there, basically taunting him and convincing him to 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 go over to where or to put the glove on, and then just takes him there. You know, he know, like he yeah. knows he's not going to willingly come, but he might put this glove on. You know, yeah. like and it's just like oh, haha, teleportation, suck it, bitch. Like <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I and I loved I loved the way that this book used wreath like it throughout the first three and a half issues. It's basically showing you all of Reed's weaknesses, you know, like how much, how vulnerable Reed really is. And then in the end, it's like, but then here's his greatest strength and it makes up for all those weaknesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, and up until then, you, you're like, man, Reed is a dick. Yeah. Like, why isn't he helping anybody? Oh. And he's sitting there just contorting himself in some weird, like, BDSM string yeah. wire thing. Like, like, what the hell is he doing? So, like, the whole time, you're just hating Reed. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then you're like, no, oh, she should run away with Namor because Reed's just over here by himself, not paying attention, not helping. Yeah, yeah. While everything's falling apart. But then at the end, you realize, yeah. well, I, like I, that, I had no time to explain. I like that Reed's first dialogue of in, that starts. It's in I've the third issue. Is I've been thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was about yeah. to say that. That was amazing. Yeah. I loved that. Was, I like so the good. toys that Doctor Doom had throughout. Yeah. At the end, after he crushes each of them, he crushes the toy. I, I liked that, though, when he's, like, one down and crushes it. Yeah. And just yeah. made his countdown at the end. It's of so cool. Issue. I loved it. That was really cool. One of my favorite parts. 
Yeah, and I like that each issue, the last page of each issue is the main character of the next issue. Yeah. Yes. Nice little simple tie-in. Yeah, it really was. Like, it, it was very it was very masterfully arranged. You know, it's like, okay, we got a four-issue miniseries on the Fantastic Four. We're going to approach one character each issue, and we're going to lead in with each one in this, you know, sort of storyline. Um, one thing I love, too, was that it shows, like, Doctor Doom has a lot of power. Like he, he really, as far as like his his physical presence, his power, his his position in the world, he has it all. But the only thing that's going to make him happy is destroying Reed. And he he took out all of those other members not because he hated Johnny, Ben, or Sue, yeah, but because in order to to defeat Reed, he needed to wipe them out because that you know if if they're not gone reed's not destroyed reed's not defeated kind of going back to what they've been missing in the cinematic universe too where he's talking to i think it was ben where he's bringing up yeah i rule the country of latveria and is just kind of talking about himself a little bit and yeah i mean how powerful he is yeah he's never been that powerful in a movie no no you guys crazy powerful and they never use that at all yeah they really don't i think people have a hard time with with ultra powerful villains you know what i mean like a lot of i think i feel like a lot of writers and directors and especially the ones they've hired for fantastic four before have a hard time with making an ultra powerful villain and then defeating him in a way that's not that's not like a fist fight you know because yeah. with a villain like that you don't defeat him by punching him you defeat him by outsmarting him exactly. and outwitting him and that's what Reed does best. That's you know? what I liked about the new movie. When they are fighting him, they're mm-hmm. like using their powers like nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that hasn't been shown in the other Fantastic Four. It's true. At all. Yeah, yeah. So I did like that about the movie. I've watched about that. half of it now. You watched half of it now? Yeah, my kid's got way too rowdy, so I didn't get to finish it. <laughs> oh, it, gotcha. Eventually, I'll get there. You'll get I got there. it at home, so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk about the art. I feel like Jay Lee is a bit of a polarizing artist sometimes, and some people love him, some people hate him. Um, I personally absolutely, like, I love the art. It set kind of this weird, like, creepy tone, and, and the darkness of it made the colors stand out more, especially, like, their suits and the fire and, like, hair colors, things like that. But uh, what what'd you guys think of the art? I, I thought I loved it fit it. very well with yeah. the story. Were there certain things about it that stood out to you, like, whether it was characters or certain things that were illustrated? Namor and how dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> Mole Man was kind of cool too. Yeah, I liked him. Mole Man was was ugly, man. It was oh, so yeah. good. I love that. And it made me think, like, oh man, it, like it, it, it will be really cool if they are able to pay off the Mole Man stuff from the new because he's I a perfect one. So. I just I want to see really him half him. naked like this. See that panel? Oh, a, a Mole Man? man. <laughs> yeah, when he's sitting there, like, oh, yeah. fat on his little Mole throne. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. Jeez. Yeah. No, Ugh. I. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I did like uh, his thing kind of grew on like his thing um the you know the way that he draws kind of grew <laughs> the way that he draws the thing it started off a bit rough for me but it definitely grew on me by the end yeah I I thought the way all the characters were drawn was spot on yeah like, I have no complaints about how anybody was drawn yeah what uh what did you guys think of um Reed's thought machine like the way that that was all illustrated and i thought it was cool <laughs> that insane it looks like kind of creepy in a way yeah, I mean, it, yeah it's it was, out there but it cool it's like something out of a horror movie yeah that's what i was thinking and i like that every single time it shows him in it his body is like contorted in another weird way like whether it's yeah. his face doing that weird like oh yeah when his face was all stretched that was yeah 
That was pretty bizarre. Or like even the very beginning, he's sitting there cross-legged and his neck is all stretched and his eyes are like looking up. And yeah. It's like this weird, yeah, like a horror movie. Like, yeah. It's weird. I think this is the weirdest one. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> At the end, the beginning of the last issue. When he's like, when he's like giraffe, giraffe spider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Giraffe spider. <laughs> were, there, were there things that you guys didn't like about this book? Uh, and if so, what were they? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I understand why he did what he did with Thing. Mm-hmm. To take away all of his powers and turn him normal again. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, rip his arm off for some reason. Yeah, I know. That part was weird. Yeah. I didn't get why his arm was It was a little weird. Gone. So I, I was a little unclear as to what the whole Ben Grimm side of the story was. Uh, the purpose of it. Like, why, why was he in the hospital? Just, yeah. Or is it just to, like, show Ben that he's... More human. human than he thinks he is? Or? Well, it, that was Ben before they went into space, so he was in the yeah. mindset. Because it no, took him back in, back in time. It took Ben back in time by going through that. It took him back to before they went uh, on the mission. But it was still present day. Yeah, so it was... Yeah. It was he, he was the only... I know, I get... Like, I, yeah, get yeah, yeah. I, I see that, but that's why... I, that's my... my it's kind of like... Like, why? Yeah, why would... Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of cool that you take out your heavy hitter... Yeah, in a sense, but but there wasn't but, much of a character reason. No, and yeah. I and why put him in the hospital? Why like tell like why have him try to connect with the people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, little, I thought uh, that the uh, uh, like uh, Doom outshined all the heroes by a lot. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I think Invisible Woman took the stole the show for this book. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it was basically. Totally I think it that. was just her story. I liked her out of the heroes, but I felt like Doctor Doom was. What I enjoyed most about the book. Yeah. Well, because I feel like Sue was the one that was like, this isn't going to stop me. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. I'm not. Because. She was fun with her kind of moral dilemma, too. Yeah. Namor. Because she like went through that and then she was like, oh, you're right, Alicia. This isn't going to stop me. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But but Johnny and Ben, they just kind of were defeated by the whole thing. The second and the last book up. were my two favorites, where they went over Invisible Woman and then kind of concluded with Doom. Mm-hmm. I thought those were the best ones of it. Nice. Well, uh, are there any are there any other thoughts before we move on to the uh, the the pitches, bitches? Um, the giant Doom bot was super cool. Oh, that was that was really awesome. Actually, I loved that. <laughs> that was yeah. really cool. Uh, I love the concept, by the way. Like, I love the concept, and it actually weirdly just barely reminded me of Deep Blue Sea, which we talked about last episode. <laughs> but like, I love that Reed stretching his brain and like, ma- like you know, taking different sections of his brain and stretching them made him smarter. Like, that's a really cool use of his power. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was interesting to me too. And I, I'm, I had a little sort of like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I thought it was kind of interesting that 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 um, was it Morrison. Yeah, Grant Morrison. Yeah, that that that's what he would choose to how he would choose to sort of showcase Reed's powers in this. Yeah, because I mean he doesn't do anything else. He just sits in the like brain machine the whole time, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, because it's like, and, and that's who Reed is. I mean, he's an intellectual. He's not a fighter. You know, he's he's the guy that's you know planning and strategizing. And so if you know if if that were a thing that was possible, like you know stretching your brain and contorting different sections of it. You know, if that would make you smarter, that's totally how Reed would would use his powers. I think, I think, I think the thing about this that I found interesting was it's 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 not really a story about how do I say it. It's not really a story about the Fantastic Four family. It's a story about all the different individuals that are sort of stuck stuck together together. Yeah. 
and yeah. trying to deal with it. And I think that's part of that's interesting, and part of it I feel is kind of like they all seem so they all seem so distant from each other. That yeah. There's almost that that to tie cohesive threads together is sort of a I don't know uh, a long shot. Yeah. And you've got to make some kind of some big leaps because they because I mean other than Johnny and. And Ben and no Johnny and Sue, mm. who are brother and sisters. Yeah, there's there seems sort of be some sort of disconnect. Yeah, that's true. It seemed like like this this I feel like this must have come at a time where the Fantastic Four like in continuity had like some struggles or some sort of thing that kind of had been splitting them up. I, I feel like that would probably explain that, but I, I yeah I don't know what the continuity was around this story. Yeah, uh, I mean it definitely just feels like it's the it's, it's the deconstruction issue of Fantastic. Fantastic Four, totally, and I think that's what Grant Morrison does a lot. What he what he likes to do is, especially with these long lasting characters, is go back to the very beginning of of you know what made them successful, um, and then kind of deconstruct and 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 put it back together hmm. type thing. And so, yeah, that's uh, I yeah I get that too. But yeah, I did like the dysfunction. I you know the playing on that and and letting them be sort of individuals rather than a unit. Yeah. I think that's one of the things, like, Fantastic Four aspect that worked good in, like, Civil War. Yeah. I mean, where they have their falling out in Civil War, it was one of the best parts of the whole story. Yeah, so, absolutely. That was it with this, I thought it was great. That was a huge connective thread for, for the Civil War, and it was a huge, you know, play on the, you know, emotional drama for it. But, yeah, no, I, it, was, it was fun. I, I really liked it, you know. I, I liked the story, and... I, you know, I'd be interested to read more stories, you know, that are sort of in a similar vein. Not, you know, obviously there's there's similar vein being a loose term since there's not a lot you could really keep from this story and another one without repeating. But really cool. So are we are we done with the review? Is it time to move on to the pitches? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I don't have anything else. You guys are ready. Okay, all right. All ready. Well then, so it's, are we going to rate it? It's oh yeah, we need to rate it. Let's let's go Jeez. around and let's go around and give our ratings. Uh, who who wants to start with their rating? I'm going to give it two out of four fantastics. Two out of four fantastics. Wow. Three out of five. Three out of five. Uh, I agree. Two out of four. Yeah. I'm going seven out of ten moloids. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for the pitches, bitches. Oh yeah. <laughs> Keeps going. Yeah, it's a really, it's, really, it's a long explosion. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is a DC week, guys, for our pitches. So, so obviously you're you're Detective booked. Comics. Yeah, mine kind of fits with the sound bite. Oh yeah. In a way. Well, then start off with your pitch. Superman Red Sun. Superman Red Sun. Okay, give us give us a quick pitch of it. So I haven't ever read it. I know you have, right? I have read it. Yes. So. Have either of you guys? No, but that nope. was I have three. I had three uh, maybe pitches, and that was one of mine. And so it's pretty much had Superman not landed in America, but landed in Soviet Russia. Okay. And so it, I guess, is kind of the difference of who he would be if had he landed in that area rather than the U.S. Exactly. It's, I think it's, it's a cool concept. It's an exploration of, of yeah, like um, not only who would Superman be if he landed in Soviet Russia, but then how would the world have been different? Yeah. And especially the DC Universe had this this god, this super being that leads all of our superheroes. If he was a Soviet, 
what would the world be like in that case? You know, how would that affect Batman? How would that affect Wonder Woman? How would that affect really the entire Justice League and the pantheon of, of metahumans and superheroes that came around? Um, yeah, really. I think it sounds awesome. Really cool story. Because Superman's clean Boy Scout guy. Yep. To see him in a completely different way, I think it'd be way cool. Yep, I had yeah. the exact same reaction that you did, in which I thought that sounded really cool. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to read something about where Superman is uh, a very different character. Yeah. Totally, and that's uh, and it's it's Mark Miller, one of Mark Miller's first uh, really big um, stories in, in in mainstream comics after coming over from Scotland. Um, before he went on to do like uh, the Ultimates and, and other stories like that. So it's just a mini series, right? Yep, just yeah. a mini series, alternate three, universe. Isn't it? it might be th- it might be four. I can't remember, but yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty you know quick uh, mini series. And one thing Mark Miller does well is make his books quick and easy to read. He doesn't Bendis or Hickman very much. Um, so he's, you know, he's not super word heavy, but, uh, he's, you know, it's, it's very, it's very high concept, you know, it's, it's easy to get, it's easy to understand you, you going right in the concept is very easy to follow and, and you just jump right in. Um, yeah. Awesome. Superman, red sun, uh, Rachel. Uh, my pick is DC presents dead man and challengers of the unknown. Awesome. Give us, uh, give us the pitch here. Well, it's. It's part of the new 52. It's kind of reintroducing Dead Man back into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read all the original Strange Tales of Dead Man. So, obviously, Dead Man is Boston Brand, who was an acrobat who was killed during one of his stunts. Mm-hmm. And now he came back. A god brought him back. Um, Ramakushna, I believe, is the god's name. <laughs> yes. And Probably, uh, so, he, like, he's trying to find, well, in the original one, he was trying to find his killer by possessing people's bodies and following clues. Mm-hmm. This one's more just, um, he's questioning why the god keeps sending him on these quests. Mm-hmm. Because he finds out all the souls that he's saving, they're all going straight to hell. Oh. So this is him, you know, doing detective work, trying to figure out why this god is doing that why did this god bring me back mm-hmm. what's happening to these souls yeah so it's basically him being a detective and nice yeah. that's cool so, that's awesome yeah, it's pretty cool I very really nice love it. <laughs> <laughs> well uh my pitch i i kind of I, I tossed around with a few different things um i was debating between Superman Birthright, uh, Kingdom Come, and Identity Crisis. Um, the reason I didn't go with uh, Superman Birthright or Kingdom Come is because they are very Superman-centric stories, and uh, Mitch has pitched Superman Red Sun, so I figure I'll probably you know keep both of those for another time uh, because they are both good stories, but at the same time, you know, it's like, oh, we have to choose between all these Superman comics. <laughs> um, so I decided to go with uh, Identity Crisis, which was the first in... or So... DC, you know, has like this big, you know, obsession with the word crisis. Um, <laughs> and in the span of like two and a half years, they released Identity Crisis, Infinite Crisis, and Final Crisis. Um, Identity Crisis was a story that really kind of shook up the DC universe and, and led the Justice League down a road of like confusion and, and kind of disparity where where nobody's really getting along, nobody trusts each other, um, and things like that. And this was a, a really interesting and 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 unique take on the justice league this was one of the one of the first times that the justice league was really rocked by an actually like hard-hitting event um 
And this was also one of the first, uh, well, not not one of the, I guess it was, it was like the third story written in comics by author Brad, Brad Meltzer, um, who has written a lot of uh, novels about, you know, like uh, conspiracies, political drama, things like that. Um, and what identity crisis? He's a cool guy. He's a really cool guy. He went to Michigan. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I loved his show yeah. back in the day when it was on TV. Brad Meltzer's awesome. I really like him as a writer. He's um, really cool. Yeah. And this, this story is a very controversial one among comic book fans because there's a few elements of this story that really have uh, have sparked some rage, um, you know, and, and, and debate on whether, you know, certain uh, uses of storytelling were necessary or should be used. Um, but the story – so the story of this book or the, the basic, you know – um, lead into it is that Sue Dibney, who is the wife of Elongated Man, as I mentioned in 52, or, you know, about 52, Elongated Man's wife gets murdered. Um, and she apparently died of, of severe burns. Um, and so the prime suspect becomes the, the villain, Dr. Light, um, who can, you know, control light. Very straightforward and simple. Um, is Dr. Light the boy or girl? Boy. So it's, this is the first Dr. Light. Okay. Um, and, and so then, you know, during the, the first issue, Green Arrow reveals to the Flash, who at the time was Wally West and Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, um, that Dr. Light once raped Sue Dibney, um, and to ensure that it wouldn't happen again, that, you know, the Dr. Light wouldn't come back in that way. Um, members of the Justice League at the time. So some of the older members like Hal Jordan, um, Ray Palmer, the Adam Black Canary, Hawkman, all and and Barry Allen, the other Flash, um, agreed to let Zatanna wipe Doctor Light's memory so that he would not remember that. Um, and then basically, this is you know a giant murder mystery uh, with you know trying to figure out not only who murdered them, but then you know you have the drama of the fact that Wonder Woman, Superman, and Batman had no idea that the other people that this whole thing had happened that Dr. Light had raped Sue Dibney and that the other leaguers had agreed that they were going to lobotomize him. And so it's a, a huge drama within the Justice League of like of, of trust of you know this is absolutely not how we're supposed to function as a team, you know, things should not be held from us, uh, you know, and then just the ethics of is it okay to wipe somebody's, you know, mind um if you have the power to do that so it's it's a really cool story and the way that everything ties in it's got some cool death stroke scenes and, and it kind of gives you a really uh quick look at a lot of sides of the dc universe but one thing brad Meltzer wanted to do with this story was make it accessible and that's one reason why it's been such a, a popular story albeit controversial very popular because it's accessible um, there's not really tons of continuity that's needed to access this story because it explains itself pretty quickly um, as far as like who everybody is and what their role is and things like that. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, a nice little murder mystery seven issue story uh, from DC written by Brad Meltzer and uh, drawn by Rags Morales. Matthew. Oh, you're done? I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck you. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um... All right. Well, I had uh, I I had thrown around the idea of doing uh, Arkham Asylum, a serious house on serious Earth mm-hmm. by Grant Morrison and Dave McKean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as that sounded kind of fun to go down the the glory hole of uh, Batman's uh, uh, rogues gallery. Yeah, yeah. But I decided to stick with my guns, and we're gonna, I'm going to pitch Swamp Thing, uh, the anatomy lesson. You have been talking about pitching Swamp Thing for quite a while. 
Uh, I just had to confirm that it was DC and not Dark Horse. Yeah, it is DC for sure. Confirmed. You could have uh, just asked me. I did, and you said you thought it was Dark Horse. No, I did not. Yes, did. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Go back and listen to like issue one or uh, episode one or two. <laughs> Something's never been Dark Horse. I don't know why I'd say that. Yeah. Huh. Well, I was wrong. Uh, I can get, I, remember that conversation. Yeah. Really. yeah. <laughs> I must not have been listening then. <laughs> uh, no, That's good so, to know. Yeah, I know. Right, right. <laughs> uh, no, this is, um, this is when Alan Moore was hired to, like sort of a fledgling Alan Moore was hired to write Swamp Thing uh, due to failed sales uh, yeah. after the uh, Wes Craven movie came out. Yeah. And uh, it's generally kind of said that not only did he... It's completely succeed at revitalizing Swamp Thing and kind of recreating the character from scratch, but changed the medium of comics moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and it's got an extraordinarily high praise for being sort of a, a an absolute game changer in the history of comics. That is one that I've been uh, I've been really wanting to to get around and read for a long time. You know, so I've I've dabbled a little into the old Swamp Thing stuff, and it's really cool. Yeah. The art's a little. The, the only tricky part I have with it. While I like the art, it's pretty old school style. Uh huh. So the art can be a little harder to follow. Hmm. Uh, it's can be pretty busy at times. Um, but uh, anyway, I always thought Swamp Thing was the coolest. So yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Awesome. Well then, uh, let's 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 take our votes. Mitch, what's your vote? Come to me later. Okay. I'm deciding between oh. two. <laughs> Rachel, uh, what's yours? I don't know. Really don't. They're all really cool. Okay. I want to read all of them. <laughs> I know. Oh, and on the Swamp Thing note, if you're interested in the character of Swamp Thing or maybe have already read the Alan Moore or looking for some fun Swamp Thing stuff to read after Alan Moore's, Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing just barely came out in an omnibus. Uh, his entire run on Swamp Thing, which was very good and very highly critically acclaimed, uh, DC just released it in an omnibus at a pretty low price. So, you know, pick that up if you feel like it. Anyway, fun fact. Back to you, Rachel. Yeah, fun fact. <laughs> well, what I know of Swamp Thing is I did used to watch the movie a lot when I was little, mm-hmm. and he's an animal man. Oh yeah, love animal man. Yeah. Well, so what? Here's man. what's here's what's cool about the not to like try to push my push Swamp Thing. Or anything, <laughs> but, uh, that's the point of the pitches. Uh, he changes Swamp Thing from just a scientist turned into a monster mm-hmm. to like a, a literal embodiment of nature. Oh yeah, because he introduces the green, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh. So he cha- he changes the whole origin story of Swamp Thing and makes it a pretty different character than the Wes Craven version, which is just like Mad Scientist Gone Wrong. Yeah, right. it was Len Wein's version, which I liked. I like Mad Scientists Gone Wrong. Yeah. I mean, Island of Doctor Moreau is like one of my all-time favorite yeah. books. So. Yeah. There you go. Ugh, Facts. I don't know. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. You okay. Know. Uh, I think my vote's going to be uh, Dead Man and Challengers of the Unknown, both uh, characters slash team that uh, I've I've always been curious about reading. Um, you know, there's been the Challengers of the Unknown created by Jack Kirby has always been kind of a, an interesting thing, so I'd like to see a well, modern and, take on that. Because they team up in the original Strange Tales. Oh, okay. So half the book is Dead Man, and then it switches to the new Challengers of the Unknown. Mm. And they're like... They're stuck in, like, the Alps or something, and they're on, like, this reality TV show. It wasn't that great. The dead man part is what I was mainly pitching. Is what gets you? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to vote for it, you know. I've, I've been I've been a little, you know, curious about that side of the DC universe, and I haven't dove into it very deeply yet, but uh, 
Yeah, I'd like to read it. Let's let's go to Matt for his uh, his vote. Um, you know it's tricky because uh, part of me wants to just like willy nilly dive into DC and just like just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And the other part of me want is like the other part of me that's I don't know like maybe un- un- like unnecessarily reserved wants to sort of like have smaller one-offs that I can kind of like get a like else like, world stories li- well, or just little windows into the world so I can yeah. see like a picture here a picture there and then you know then dive into like because one of my pitches was going to be Kingdom Come I read about that that sounded really yeah. cool I almost pitched that one yeah and now I'm thinking I should have the reason I didn't <laughs> pick that is because it just seems like that's it's a tricky place to jump in it's like it'd be like jumping into the Avengers somewhere and you'd be like yeah what the hell's going on? <laughs> Kingdom Come was a response to 90s comics, and it was Mark Wade, And it, like, I mean, it, it's not steeped in continuity, but I think it's a pr- it's appreciated more if you've read a few DC stories. That's, I, well, and so that's sort of part of where I come from with, like, have, trying to, like, pick something that's... Yeah. Like... Easily accessible and a- can be appreciated. Accessible that you can appreciate that then can enrich your further divings on the whole, because you have sort of a glimpse of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was Kingdom Come the one in the future? Yeah, it was in the future where basically things have gotten super violent. There's like this guy named Magog that uh, fights with Superman, destroys Kansas, Superman goes into hiding, and then the world is just run by these insanely violent, pouchy uh, Rob Liefeld heroes. <laughs> okay. And so then Mark Wade brings Superman back out of retirement to take care of all the Liefeldiness. Yeah, so that that's funny. So Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so that's sort of one reason I thought that would, might be a good... Why well, that might, might be... A good jumping on point because it takes you out of the main continuity. Yeah, but still it's refer- else worlds for but sure. But still referencing the main universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one that actually sounded really good. I've just got this little handy dandy list here because I don't best know any- DC stories. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's you know, I mean, um, it's a good way to to get into it. Uh, it was the other another Alan Moore Superman one. It oh, was the, uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? No, it was. Uh, for the man who has everything. For the man who has everything. That's a really good story, yeah. and there's actually a Justice League episode that sort of adapted that. Oh, really? In a little yeah, half that's hour pretty form. Cool too. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, um, shit, I don't know which one to pick because <laughs> uh, I kind of want to dive in. I really want to read Superman Red Sun because that sounds super awesome. Yeah. Um, and I'm completely unfamiliar with Dead Man. This one is just a kind of a preview yeah. of what they were really doing. So it's it's not like this long story. It's just the one volume. And it, does it does it just is it like an introduction to the character or yeah? It it's kind of a retelling because this was the new Fifty Two, so they were yeah, kind of reintroduced. Like an him. overview of the character yeah. and, and gives you a one you know like one quick story, not like quick quick, but like yeah, like a two yeah. or three issue story. Yeah, it's not very long. It's just kind of a preview of okay. him. Um, oh man, does this anyone is... know? There, did, did Mitch have you have you come <laughs> to a decision on yours yet? I'm gonna go with the Meltzer one. Just Identity like Crisis. Nice. He's, he's really good. So yeah, I haven't read anything by him, but just kind of knowing. Well, who at he least is not in his reputation. Yeah, I haven't read any comics by him. Yeah, I liked Identity Crisis. Okay, so we got two votes in. Yeah, Rachel, what did you pick yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> having struggles. Because they all sounded really cool. 
They got a cool shirt that's not Superman. <laughs> oh yeah, it's Red Sun. Super- I almost bought a Red Sun hat the other day when uh, we I had Salt Lake Comic Con. I don't want actual Superman shirts, but I want like offshoots of Superman. Like I've got the Bizarro yeah. shirt. I know the, the Kingdom Come. I've got one Zod is a really cool shirt. One. Oh, you have a Zod shirt? That's cool. Uh, okay, so it, it, Identity Crisis is on this best comics list. Ooh. Uh, Jason, there's something in here that is making me not want to read it. What's that? It says there's a brutal rape scene. It's not like, it doesn't, like, it's not explicitly going crazy with it, but there, there is a rape scene when, when it's the flashback of Dr. Light raping Sue Dibney. And that, like, that's the part that's hardest, hardest to handle for me. (laughs) And that's the part that is like the controversial moment of, of a lot of, uh, outcrying. And I, I, understandably so. I mean, that's, those are always the the absolute hardest things to get through in, in many stories. All right. I've made mine. (laughs) (laughs) Swamp thing. Oh, I thought you were about to be like, yeah, rape scenes. No, that actually just completely turned me off. Uh, Don't, I don't want to see, superheroes in that setting yeah, yeah. I don't, that turns me off too it completely just ruined it, it everything me. else about this actually sounds yeah it's like pretty interesting. it just still sounds cool but that's like yeah no no thanks but I that I, doesn't need to be it does <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does it does say that this comic is incredibly brutal it is a very brutal comic. There's like a scene where where Deathstroke just rips apart some Justice Leaguers, and there's oh, okay. there's a lot of violence. But at the same time, it's it yeah. does it does say it's also incredibly moving. Yes, that's what I mean. Like it takes you to a really dark place in that book. You know, it is a very deep murder mystery. Um, it takes yeah, it takes all the characters I, I and pro- yourself to I a dark place. I probably will still read it eventually, but right mm-hmm. now, like, understandable. Kind of give me time to process <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that. Then. It's understandable. Um, well, shoot, this is just going to be really way more complicated because I want to read Red Sun. Yeah. <laughs> so we've all picked a different thing. It's okay. Then we can then we can eliminate one. <laughs> How do we eliminate one? I don't know. We'll we'll roll <laughs> dice. We'll flip a. We'll yeah. We'll roll some dice, or we'll have. Uh, we could have serenity. I don't know. We'll roll dice. I don't have any. We'll take we'll take we'll take mine out of consideration. Actually, Superman. Let's take mine out of consideration, and then uh, Mitch can revote. But then that eliminates mine too. Oh, that kind of does. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Because I can't vote for my own. <laughs> yeah. So that would basically, yeah, that would that would take out Red Sun, and I didn't. Dang, we haven't come across this before. <laughs> I know. We I, haven't I had this dilemma. We have reached an impasse. With, the, with there being four of us. Hmm. I know. I it was bound to happen at some point. Um. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. And edit that out so it doesn't seem like I'm like, oh, who is this guy that's our listener? I'm so glad I didn't take a drink when you just did. <laughs> all right. So, due to decision difficulties, uh, we all just had a, a bit of a heated exchange and a brouhaha, and, uh, well, I'm... You're not my real father! <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 bleeding a little bit, and uh, and uh, Mitch has uh, been paralyzed from the waist down, and and Matt has some sort of weird wound in his head. Damn but baseball bats. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I'm unscathed. Rachel came unscathed <laughs> because she's indestructible, um, and we didn't find that out until just barely. So that was a really cool way to 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 find that. Thanks, Rachel. Um, but we decided that uh, well, since obviously we can't handle our own internal difficulties, we'll uh, we'll lead this up to fate. So, okay, so we are going, uh, we decided to drop in 
visible crisis identity crisis. identity crisis uh for the time being um and it's now between swamp thing superman red sun and dead man okay so one and two i'm is... gonna give one two to swamp thing we're gonna roll a d6 i'm gonna give one two to swamp thing three four to superman and five six to dead man awesome Let's take a roll. Drum roll, please. Wait, uh, don't. Uh, never mind. I don't have my drum roll. <laughs> you can use your fingers. Wait, I've got a. I've got the. Quit using your apps to do thing. things you can do use your fingers with much quicker. I've got a real drum. And it is five for Dead Man. Woo! Yay! <laughs> All right. So next week we will be reading Dead Man slash Challengers of the Unknown from DC's New Fifty Two. We don't have to read Challengers of the Unknown, because I will admit it's not that great. You can, but... So we're just focusing on the Dead Man stuff? You yeah. can just extra credit yeah. it. I didn't even... I, oh, yeah. I didn't even ask about the extra credit for uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, so the back of this. it's not in Unlimited. Oh, it's not? That so sucks. if you read it in Unlimited, you don't get that. Oh, that sucks. All right. Well, that, uh, that sounds like that does it for the pitches. Game over. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Follow us on uh, Game Over, man. Game Over. <laughs> tell 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 them screwing em, around. <laughs> tell them about all the the social media they can follow us on. Oh wait, we've got a review. Another oh, one. We have another one. Yeah, we have a new one that we haven't talked about on here yet. Did we not talk about? It? Isn't that the one we talked about last week? Is it the one I read by Steve? Stevie? Oh, I didn't hear you read it oh. last week. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure things out. <laughs> All right, yeah, so tell them, tell them about our social medias and, and reviews and stuff. Follow us on Twitter at SavageLandPod. That's SavageLandPod. We're on the Instagrams at SavageLandPodcast. Yeah, Instagram. What's that yeah. old kid? song here in the South Tampa. You know the same and the same. And the same and the same another day. Because I make it back some Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Twitter, uh, Twitter, Savage Land Pod, Instagram, and Facebook, Savage Land Podcast. Um, and then also, uh, you know, review, rate, subscribe on, uh, on iTunes. Um, when you rate, we love it. If you throw in a comment, we'll shout you out on the show like we did with Stevie last week. Um, and then next week, what are, what's our movie discussion going to be next week, Matthew? They live. They live. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next week. And this is Unborn Planet by Farflung. Yeah.